the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sportsbooks. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Ross and Roger Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 competition for a chance to win $1 million. And make sure to tune in to Draft Day on July 13th. That is Tuesday, where Kramer will attempt to draft for 24 hours straight. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to check that out. And, of course, don't forget to download the SG. PN app in the App Store and Google Play Store. Hello and welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Thank you to all you basketball DJs out there who are listening to our 210th episode. I can't believe that's so many. We've been doing this for a while. I love it. I love it that it's still going. This is a beautiful Saturday morning, July 10th. We're recording this at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so check out our Slack channel at sg.pn slack for any news updates that might change anything we talk about here or the picks that we make before the big game three of the NBA Finals, which my Phoenix Suns are up two to zero, but more on that soon. Please make sure to subscribe to NBA Gambling Podcast on Apple and Spotify. And if you're really feeling generous, please rate and review this podcast. It really helps us out. Appreciate those of you who have already. It's been helping the podcast grow. It's going like gangbusters. So really appreciate that. Hopefully you're telling your fellow Deans out there to subscribe as well. Even though the end of the season is near, we will be producing episodes every week in NBA Gambling Podcast. The offseason doesn't mean we stop, okay? We, we keep going, all right? We'll have Olympic basketball games, TBT, the basketball tournament. Shout out to Adam Pelletier, who were tuning me into that last year. Those are really fun games to bet on. Olympic basketball. TBT, we have uh, Summer League coming up. We have the NBA Draft. I'm planning episodes around NBA Top Shop, which I've become completely obsessed with since March. And we have one of the top experts in NBA Top Shop, John Boy Beats. He's already working for us on staff, so we're going to get him on some episodes. So, so, so much to come, even though the NBA season is ending. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Quick shout out to at the gut brain on Twitter who tweeted unsolicited, I might add, that because of this podcast, specifically Munaf's recommendation, but I think I had a lot to do with it too. He bet the Suns at plus twelve hundred to come out of the West. That of course cashed, baby, plus twelve hundred. He he wrote, Imagine gambling and not listening to SGPN. My thoughts as well. Those of you in the know already know I'm your humble host, the thoughtful thousandaire, the sun bathing suns super fan. Hell, I've got to wear suns glasses because the sun's future is so bright. Ryan, rich, fat, baby McKee, give me a follow at the Ryan McKee on Twitter. Also, please check out my work over at the Action Network's YouTube channel. I've been working there for the last four months uh, after two years of being the editorial director at SGPN. And it's really exciting. Uh, I'm really excited about the content I've been producing. We do daily free sports betting picks along with lots of fun videos with the likes of Darren Ravel, Chad Millman, and the whole stable of Action Network. 
talent, including the NBA Buffet podcast, guys, which if you dig this podcast, you'll definitely like them too. Okay, enough of this intro. It's getting long. Let's get into the episode. I'm going to do about 25 minutes with Scott Rochelle recapping what we learned in the first two games of the NBA Finals and making predictions for Game 3. Then I'll bring on everybody's favorite prop bet brothers, John Lee and Terrell Furman, to go over our favorite player props. And now, welcoming on Scott Radio Voice Reichel. Uh Follow him at Reichel Radio on Twitter. That's spelled R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Scott is the host of Scott's Selections on winnersandwiners.com. He's also the host of Betting Bay Area Podcast. And he's a podcast producer at SGPN, as well as a writer and fantasy expert for our website. Scott, how are you doing this fine Saturday morning? Uh, doing pretty well. Unfortunately, there's no basketball on, so I'm going to have to find a way to keep myself busy for the next day or so. But got some UFC stuff tonight. You got McGregor coming back, so I'll be looking forward to that. Other than that, though, how are you doing? Because today you pretty much got baseball, and that's basically it on TV today. That is basically it, and since there's just baseball, that means there's basically nothing for me except for the McGregor fight tonight, which I am looking forward to. Um, my wife actually coincidentally flies out today to go to Vegas for a conference for her work. And so she's going to be surrounded by a bunch of drunk Irish hooligans, I think, tonight. That sounds like a good time or a bad time, depending on how you look at it. Probably. It would be a great time for uh, maybe you and me. Probably a horrible time for her, but we'll see. We'll see. So... Excited to break down the what we've seen so far in the finals. Especially excited because uh, it's looking good for my sons. But let's first make our predictions for Sunday. Get to the meat of what this podcast is about. We are currently looking at uh, Suns at Milwaukee. I'm seeing the it opened Milwaukee minus three and a half. It is now Milwaukee minus four. I'm seeing a total of two twenty two. Right now, uh, the the public is on slightly on the Bucks minus the spread. They are pretty heavy on the under, which we're going to talk about that we don't like that, I think. And the public is heavy on the Bucks money line. What are you thinking for this game? Well, for me, I'll start off with uh, a player prop I definitely like. I know okay. you might have wanted an actual game angle there, but I'll go with a player prop I like more. I like Giannis over 12 and a half rebounds. That's kind of one of my main plays that I like in this game. You're looking at how he's done in the series so far. Played 35 minutes in game one when people weren't even sure if he was going to play. Had 17 rebounds. Then had the 42 and 12 game and 40 minutes in Thursday's game. Now, of course, he didn't get the 12 and a half, but his number was 11 and a half in that game. So the line has continued to go up. Giannis, even when he's at about 75 to 80%, Seems like he can kind of do whatever he wants to this Phoenix defense. Now that's part of the game plan because Phoenix realizes if Middleton and Holiday can't continue to make shots, then they're just going to win the game anyway, regardless of how well Giannis does. But the issue that I have with the with the Bucks, just when it comes to them on the boards is the fact that even though they dominate the boards, Lopez still stands at the three-point line pretty much the majority mm-hmm. of the time. So Giannis is kind of the only body who's in the paint consistently. And I do think that that should lead to a lot of chances on the boards for him, which is why you have seen him do well rebounding in the series. Now, 
Portis has really been a non-factor. And now that you have to look at the fact that Aiton is kind of on an island out there because of the fact that Kaminsky's played, what, one minute in mm-hmm. this series? Sarich is out for the year. And now Torrey Craig is day-to-day. Luckily, he was able to avoid any serious ligament damage, but I do question if he's going to play in this game. So the problem that I have is, let's just say hypothetically, Aiton is either A, a non-factor like he was in game two, or B, just gets injured. Or not injured, sorry. Or, or yeah, I mean injured always, but B, let's say gets the foul trouble. Is anybody going to stop Giannis on the boards? Because I haven't seen any resistance throughout the first two games there. So I like the over in rebounds for Giannis. I think if you're looking at the fact that Milwaukee was all minuses besides for Giannis a game two, Giannis might have to play 42 plus minutes in this game if they want any shot to actually win. So just simply put the volume and just the lack of, I'd say, size besides Aiton for Phoenix makes me believe that Giannis should probably go for around 14 rebounds in the spot. You? I absolutely agree with that 100%. Um, something I noticed last game was uh, when it comes to offensive rebounds for Phoenix, Aiton, it seemed like Giannis kind of got in Aiton's head a little early. So Aiton starts running to get back on defense quicker. Like he doesn't even, he hasn't been going for offensive boards nearly as much in the last game. So he tries to run back to get on defense quicker to make sure to get in front of Giannis in case Giannis takes off and goes. So he's not even really trying for those offensive rebounds, which means Giannis gets eats up defensive rebounds because you're right. Nobody else is going for those defensive rebounds like he is because Lopez is worried about sticking with Aiton if Aiton's already running back or who knows? I don't know what's going on, but you're, you're absolutely right. I like Giannis boards. I like him across the board. I think his stats are going to be crazy because you're right. He's going to have to play at least 42, 44 minutes if they're going to have a chance in this game. I don't really have much more to add. I feel like we're on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's let's talk about the game itself. I am looking at uh, – so, I, you know – a lot of people were talking uh, – a lot of people on our SGPN Slack on the NBA channel, which if you're not already a member, go to sg.pn slash Slack. There's tons of great conversation going on there around NBA betting all the time. We had a lot of people on there picking the Bucks plus the points last game, which I did not understand, and I will, won't get into all the stats that I listed on the Slack channel about why I felt strongly that the Suns would win against the spread. But – I was right, and I continue looking at the numbers, just the basics. Phoenix has the best cover percentage in the league, uh, 62% against the spread. Milwaukee only at 46%. Phoenix on the road is at 58% against the spread, but they are best in the league as away underdogs, covering 77% of the time. Bucks as a home favorite cover only 54% of the time. Uh, so Phoenix going back to last season have won five straight games against the Bucks. I really like Phoenix plus the points for this game. Tell me why I'm wrong, Scott. Well, the way that I would look at it is that just conceptually it's Phoenix plus the points, but this line stinks. Just looking at it, it looks like an ultimate trap line because from what I've seen in the first two games, there's no way Milwaukee should be lying points. Now, people can make the argument, well, they play a lot better at home compared to the road and everything like that. But 
you got to wonder what the spread was when Phoenix was at home. Spread was what, five and a half, five or so by the Six. time that it ended yeah. up closing. Yeah, I'm saying, mm-hmm. but a lot of money came in on Milwaukee, so it closed at around yeah. five or so. Is home court advantage worth nine points? Because it's basically what it's priced between games two and three. I don't think so. I I mean, I understand that that Bucks crowd is going to be insane and these players are going to be hyped, but I feel like Vegas is putting too much stock in the fact that Budenholzer isn't a great adjust, doesn't adjust very well, especially adjust in game, not nearly as well as Monty Williams. So I don't know what they're doing here. I love the points, taking the points here. I don't, I'm sure a lot of people, public and sharps, are going to be on Milwaukee, but I don't understand why. Yeah. For me, the way that I look at it is that people are taking Milwaukee solely based on the desperation factor, which I think is one of the most overrated narratives in sports. You're trying mm-hmm. to tell me that a team that lost the first two games wants to win an NBA Finals game more than the other team? It's the NBA Finals. I don't think you need extra motivation to try to put it away. Phoenix knows if they win this game, I don't want to say the series is over, but no team in the NBA has ever come back from 3-0 down, so the series is basically over if Phoenix wins. But it's solely based on the fact that the perception is Milwaukee needs to win this game. The first two games they lost, eh, no big deal. They can make those back. But the third game... Mm-hmm. That's when Milwaukee has to start trying or something. I don't agree with that narrative, but I think you'd probably agree that's where most of the, I don't want to say logic, because I don't agree with it, but most of the thought processes behind making the Bucks four-point favorites, but I don't see it. The issue that you have with Milwaukee is the fact that even though they can dominate on the boards, and even though size-wise they match up really well on the inside against Phoenix, Lopez is never on the inside. And Milwaukee seems to always stick to the same script, which Mm -hmm. is we're going to shoot a bunch of threes and we're going to take some questionable shots at times. And even though you can make an argument that they tried to go small to to combat Phoenix, I don't think it's that's going to work. Their small lineups are simply not as good as Phoenix's lineup. I think they should actually just double down on the size and and consider the fact that, yes, Phoenix is going to get theirs on the offensive end, but if we go big and we dominate the boards – we can kind of combat their advantage with our own advantage and see who comes out on top. Because the main reason why Milwaukee was able to keep the game close in game two, despite the fact that Middleton and Holiday were both practically useless, was the fact that points in the paint, it was 54 to 28. They, they killed them on the inside. So mm-hmm. you can make an argument that Milwaukee, instead of trying to go small ever, they should just double down on Lopez and Giannis tell Lopez to stop shooting threes and then just try to crash the glass every time and get some free, get some free baskets. But the problem with Milwaukee is the fact that they've never done that all year long. They just will tell Lopez you're going to stand in the corner and you're going to like it the entire time. So I don't think that really accomplishes much. That's what I would do if I was Milwaukee, but do I trust Boonozer to do that? No, I think the main reasons why I don't like Milwaukee in the spot are the fact that even though the home crowd is going to be into it, do I trust Holiday and, and Middleton? Absolutely not. So until I know what I'm getting from a supporting cast and I have to rely on an injured Giannis to carry the load for 42 minutes pretty much every night and put up a massive stat line with basically no help in this series up to this point, that sounds like a gamble that other people can take. I'm not going to be one of those people. And we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back. WinBet is bringing you the 
action of real sports betting with the win bet Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports books. Find the best odds on NBA championship tickets when you buy directly from other bettors in PropSwap. See a ticket you like? Think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then grab it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap.com can be resold at any time with one click of a button and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. This week, a PropSwap customer sold a $200 12 to 1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for $1,200, a five-time return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 160 for the buyer. That is better than any sports book in the country or let's just say in the universe. I think we can definitely say the aliens don't have better odds than that. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like a stock market, but in sports betting terms. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Again, go to PropSwap com or download the prop swap app today and now back to our show i wanted to mention this too Giannis had his best game of the playoffs ever in his career in the last game and he still couldn't win they kept it close he uh, he also got 14 points from pat Connaughton, which pat Connaughton is not going to give you again in this series i can guarantee that so and ayton played his worst game so far in the playoffs Forget about winning, by the way. He had his best game, arguably, of his career, and they lost yeah. by double digits. Yep. I agree. And I don't think it's a fluke. I think that Holiday, yes, you can say he will he might bounce back next game, but he's so focused on being a defensive stopper for Chris Paul. You can tell that's where his whole head is at. When he gets on offense, he's just, his head just isn't in it. He made so many dumb mistakes. And then Mikhail Bridges shut down Middleton. That is why Middleton had a bad game. Mikael Bridges was all over him. He's got his confidence up. I don't see Middleton bouncing back to have his the type of games he had against the Hawks. For me, I think Middleton will play a lot better in game three, mostly because I don't know how he can play worse. I mean, when you yeah. are the second best player on a team and you are viewed as an all-star and a guy who's getting paid pretty much max money and you put up 11 points in a finals game, you can't really play much worse moving forward. He's, he might try, but I don't think you can actually play much worse than that. But the reason why I like Phoenix just as a whole in comparison to Milwaukee is the fact that Phoenix is just the more flexible team. This team can roll out a bunch of different lineups, catch their opponents off guard, and Milwaukee is kind of the opposite of that. They can try to go small, which has not worked in this series at all. They've tried to go big. That really hasn't worked either. And you do have to wonder, does Milwaukee have enough adjustments to actually make? I know we keep criticizing Budnozer for not making any at all, but even if they had some adjustments to make, maybe I could ask you what you think they should be doing to try to combat what Phoenix is doing. But game one, you kind of like Chris Paul and Devin Booker go nuts, and you try to guard all the supporting cast guys. That didn't work. Game two, you decided to go up. You decided to go high on some ball screens, pressure the ball, and then the supporting cast and company hits 23 pointers. 
So you kind of already started trying to do different things, but nothing has worked. And Phoenix has scored exactly 118 points in both those games. So nothing you accomp- nothing you did actually accomplished anything. What do you think Milwaukee should do? Because I feel like Phoenix just has way too many answers that Milwaukee has solutions. I, I agree with you that they should go big. They should double down on Giannis and Brooke Lopez in the paint. And and before I get into that more, I will say that everybody keeps killing Coach Bud, and for good reason the last few years, about not making adjustments. He's shown this season he has been way more flexible with his scheme. He has changed up his defensive schemes. He is trying new things, but he's still just not at the level that he needs to be to think on his feet and make those adjustments in-game. So I could see Milwaukee coming out with some different looks early on. And they, you saw it in game two. They played great in the first, uh, you know, they straight up beat Suns in the first quarter. And I can see them doing that again in this game. But when it gets in game, I think that Monty Williams is just going to outcoach uh, Budenholzer. That said, I as much as I like the idea for Milwaukee as putting Lopez in the paint besides the three-point line, I'm not sure he's that guy anymore. Yes, he has the size. Yes, he can do it from time to time. But we haven't seen that from him for four years. We're thinking of New Jersey Nets, Brooke Lopez, who had an amazing post game. But I don't know if you can just expect a guy to turn that on every play. I don't, I'm not sure if you can either. I'm just saying that conceptually, having a seven-footer out there when he's guarded by the likes of Cam Johnson and have him mm-hmm. only shoot threes is a monumental waste of time and space. So if you want to make some adjustments, you should do that. The main issue I have with Milwaukee in the series is I have no idea why P.J. Tucker is playing about 35 minutes a game. I don't know what he's accomplishing in this series. Now, I know that you brought him in, and he was going to end up guarding Durant. That was two series ago. I I, I get it. He did a pretty good job on Durant, and they won the series. But against Atlanta, did he have really any matchup? No. And now you're going into this series – what exactly is Tucker's role? Because you know that the Bucks are switching everything on pick and rolls. So Tucker's not going to be guarding the guy you want him to guard half the time. He's been guarding Jay Crowder in the corner half the time, which kind of seems like anybody can do that. And offensively, mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's an absolute zero, but what is he, a two? Like, if he's not an absolute zero, like, it's close to zero. He doesn't really I give mean, you much. Just standing- so. Yeah, I feel like with with the Rockets, he standing in the with the Rockets when he had uh, Westbrook and Harden driving, attacking the paint and kicking out, it made a lot of sense for him just to stand in the corner and he was hitting a lot of those corner threes. However, now it just he's not hitting him at the same rate and he doesn't have the same they don't the Bucks don't have anyone on the level of facilitator as a Westbrook or a Harden. Not even close. They don't. And the point is, if you're going to talk about how the Suns can make a wall or even play some zones against Giannis, if you're not going to punish them with good three-point shooting from the corners, then what's the point? Now, Tucker had seven points in 35 minutes. The fun fact is that those seven points came in the first eight minutes of the game. So he did Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing for the final 27 minutes of playing. He was just running around out there. But you're looking at the lineups. You mentioned Connaughton and how he probably will never go for 14 points again in this series. I actually disagree. I think Connaughton or Forbes kind of needs to start. I know that Forbes defensively is a complete liability, but Milwaukee's got to sacrifice something. And P.J. Tucker, even though you can look at him physically and say that he can cause some problems, 
He hasn't caused any problems in this series. And I do think that if you're talking about different looks, people were roasting Lopez, including myself after game one for getting torched on pick and rolls. Tucker's just running. I don't really know how you're supposed to win when your best player is basically going four on five offensively because one guy is standing in the corner the entire time. And he's also not the greatest three-point shooter. Maybe I'm missing something, but I just don't see it. I agree with you. I disagree that Forbes should start, though, because I don't think Forbes should play one minute with CP3 on the floor because you, every time Forbes comes in, you can see Chris Paul's eyes light up and he just hunts for Forbes. And he's such a bad uh, defensive liability. He's a, he's a terrible defender. Starting I maybe think every, a little – yeah, starting's a bit much. Sorry to interrupt, but I kind of am just saying that I think Connaughton and Forbes should eat into Tucker's minutes more because okay. – it kind of goes back to my I, my point of just Milwaukee needs to stretch the floor more. And if you're talking about the fact that Giannis is by himself and how you're going to put Lopez and Tucker out there, and Lopez was good in game one from three, but game two didn't really do anything. The issue that I think a lot of people are forgetting about with Milwaukee is the fact that just because they're in the NBA Finals doesn't mean this team is very, very good. I don't think this Bucks team is very good. And I know that I might sound like a hater because I'm a Nets fan and they beat the Nets. We would agree that if the Nets didn't have injury issues, Milwaukee probably would have lost in five or six. Then again, that's in the past. You play the team in front of you and the Nets got injured. But I think we would agree that beating an injured Nets team and beating an injured Hawks team after Trey Young got injured halfway through the series doesn't exactly mean that Milwaukee's a great team representing the Eastern Conference. Do you think Milwaukee's a very good team? Because I think that they're pretty good, but I don't exactly think that they are NBA Finals caliber in most given years. What do you think? No, I think you take away Giannis and that team would be maybe a seven or an eight seed in the East. And that's they... a bit harsh. I'd give them a five. But the point is, is that they're not exactly the deepest team in the league. And when you look at the second best player and the third best player, and you can't see them half the time because they vanish in big moments. I do think that that's very concerning and why I'm not exactly built on the idea that Milwaukee is going to bounce back at times of adversity because I can't trust two of their best three guys. Yeah, agreed. Let's get to the total because I want to make sure to talk about that before we get out of here. Um, you mentioned, we were talking before the podcast, you mentioned that the over, uh, the four times that these teams have met up, the over has hit um, the public. The public money right now is on the under. Where are you going with the total? I can't go against the over until it loses. I mean, I just got to stick with what I've seen so far. Now, game two, you can argue should have gone under because you had about 101 points in the first half and the second half exploded for, I believe it was 65 in the third and 60 in the fourth. So you ended up getting a lot more, up-tempo basketball in the second half, but I don't really see why that's going to change. The thing is, is that besides the fact that Chris Paul and Booker have really done whatever they wanted in the series, whether it involves getting open shots or getting teammates involved for open threes, Phoenix has scored 118 each of the first two games, and Milwaukee keeps trying to do stuff to kind of change the flow of the game, and Phoenix has had a response every time. So if you're penciling Phoenix in for, let's say... Uh, Considering the fact that on the road, let's say it's a little bit worse. Let's say Phoenix scores 113 or mm. something like that around there. I think you'd say that that was fair. Do mm. I think Milwaukee is going to score less than 108? No. 
I think you'll see a pretty close, pretty up-tempo game. And I do think that you will see really a similar script when it comes to just the fact that Phoenix's offense has kind of gotten whatever it wants. And Milwaukee's offense, I can't say it's been bad in this series. I mean, Giannis can do whatever he wants. And the supporting cast has been terrible. But Milwaukee has been getting some decent looks. It's just the fact that Middleton and Holiday couldn't have watered the fell out of a boat in game two. So the looks have been fine. I think that that should lead to more points. And I do kind of have to look at the fact that Milwaukee was so dominant in the paint. Don't you think Milwaukee should continue to get a lot of looks in the paint and should get to the foul line a lot because of the fact that Phoenix is even more undersized than they were in game two because Craig's now probably going to be out? Absolutely. And even if Giannis just hits 50% of his free throws, uh, that also put up enough points, I do think, to get the over. So just to recap, you your best bet is Giannis over 12.5 rebounds yeah, for the player prop. Mm-hmm. You like the over on the game total. We both do. Um, we're both taking Phoenix against the spread plus the points. I have. Uh, they're, they're getting four points. I can't. Any thoughts on the money line? For money line, uh, it, it's really tough. The question that you really have to ask is, do you think Phoenix is just going to roll and win four or five? Because if Milwaukee loses this game, they shouldn't even show up for game four. Like, mm-hmm. the series is over. You, you should just go home at that point. But people are going to view the – we're returning home. It's a must-win game. So people cannot visualize Milwaukee going down 3-0. And I think that that's just a really flawed way to look at it. The way you have to look at it is, do I think this Milwaukee team can make enough adjustments to beat this Phoenix team in one given game? And for me, the answer is yes. I think Milwaukee should go bigger. I do think Phoenix will struggle a little bit on the road in comparison to how they've been playing at home, mostly because of the crowd factor. So I don't want to say that I'm trying to find like a very difficult middle here between Bucks money line and Suns plus four, but I see a nail biter. If I had to pick a money line, uh, I'll go with the Bucks. I think yeah. the Bucks will get one. I'm not going to bet the. I'm not going to bet the money line, no. but I'd I'd look at the Bucks money line if I had. To. I wouldn't expect you to. I just thought I'd bring it up. It's an absolute stay away from me, but I am clearly biased. So uh, I'm I'm going with Phoenix plus the points. I'm going with the over. Staying away from the money line. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on Saturday morning. We got to get the Prop Bet Brothers in here, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, plug anything you want. Uh, overall, uh, just everything that you said during the intro. I'm doing some YouTube shows, giving them free picks every day. So if you want to check out that, check out Winners and Winers as I'm doing the Scott Selection show there. Other than that, though, got the fantasy football best ball 24-hour thing that Ryan's doing because he's a lunatic. So I might end up joining in the middle of that. Other than that, though, a lot of editing and a lot of fantasy football coverage. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully we can help you out with your upcoming drafts. Okay, before we get to the Prop Bet Brothers, just want to remind you to make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up for a free shot at $1 million, but get a free $25 guaranteed. 
And this is exciting. Draft Day is happening on Tuesday, July 13th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Ryan, Real Money Kramer, is going Guinness Book of World Records style. And we'll be drafting underdog best ball teams for 24 hours straight. You can hop on and st- the stream and draft alongside Kramer and plenty of the S- other SGPN contributors and guys in the Slack channel and girls. Maybe one or two will also jump on. We need more female listeners. Let's just be honest. Plus uh, 15 free entries to the Best Ball Mania 2 will be given out. If that wasn't enough, a $500 draft day props contest based off of Kramer that you can only bet in the app. You can bet fun things like will Kramer fall asleep and stuff like that. But you got to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is live right now in the App Store, Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget the app to toss us a review, app review and download the SGPN app today. Because, again, you can only get in on a lot of those fun contests and bets that we're doing by doing that. And fans of the HGTV have heard of the Property Brothers, but we at SGPN have the Prop Bet Brothers. I've got Jong Lee and Terrell Furman. I was thinking... What would be your guys' reality show if we had the Prop Bet Brothers? Uh, it's got to be like some spinoff of Step Brothers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, they just bring us in, like, what we're living together now, and then we're just like creating, like, creating props, like, hey, do not touch, or I don't know, some weird shit. Like, don't that. touch my prop, <laughs> don't touch my prop, <laughs> don't touch I my concur. prop. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this like idea. That, I love this idea. I could see you guys sharing a bedroom and turning your beds into bunk beds so you have more room for like a whiteboard to write uh to write prop bets on and you just sit in the corner on both your computers and and, and crunch numbers all day. Oh, Jong definitely gets the bottom bunk for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that the top bunk is reserved for the alpha in the room. So <laughs> dog has to sit in the bottom. I'm sorry. Wow. I did not know the top bunk was for the alpha. Is that a military thing? What Man, that's a military thing. That's a prison thing. Wherever you go, <laughs> wherever you go, <laughs> right. if you if you if you in the country and you got your little your little brothers and you all sharing a room in the country, the alpha dog always gets the top bunk. Wow. See, I never knew that. I always took the bottom bunk with my brothers just because uh, I didn't want to climb up. I'm just lazy, I guess. Same. No <laughs> way. It's like no way. No way. You're like um king of the world up there it's all amazing. right all right all right uh well uh well, look at this we're learning stuff already but that's not what you everyone tuned in for we're tuned in for our prop bets for sunday night's game exciting we have all the lines out um we just off the top of the beginning segment of the show scott rochelle gave out his favorite prop which was Giannis over 12 and a half rebounds Terrell, any thoughts on that one um, yeah, I think Giannis rebounds is live this game. Honestly, like Giannis is dominating down there, even on mm-hmm. one leg, uh, even though Chris Paul tried to take him out in game one. <laughs> but so wait, go, to go back on that real quick, uh, there was a tweet out there and it said, how many games until Chris Paul does that little stop, that little stop and drive thing, and then kind of leans back into Giannis leg, tried to take him out the game, literally did in game one, almost took him out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no. So uh, I think Giannis rebounds is live. I think that there's really nobody. 
that can contest with him. And DeAndre Ayton has to play whoever's playing the five. They normally they're not playing Giannis at the five. We thought that was an adjustment they were going to make, and it seems like that's an adjustment that they're not going to make until later in the game, probably. So, um, I think it's a lot of opportunities for Giannis to just have a mismatch with a smaller guy on him and uh, pick up a few extra boards here or there. He's like very active down low. They turned their game plan around from shooting a three uh, to playing more inside the paint, which just opens up the door for more opportunity for him. So I like it. It was one off last game, I believe. He had 12 going into the fourth and then didn't get another one. I think that regresses. I think he can hit 12 and a half. Absolutely. I have total agreement with that. I like that. I'd even, uh, you know, play that up. See, on my book, you can bet that up to get, let's see, what is his total rebounds number that you can get it up to? Um, or actually, you can get his rebounds and assists. Uh, you can get that up to like 21 at like plus 154. John, any thoughts on that? Giannis rebounds and assists 21 at plus 154. Uh, I mean, uh, plus 154. I, I I love a I love a good plus dog odds, but 21. Um, I mean, he might get 15. That's pushing it, huh? Yeah, That's pushing I, it? he he might get 15, but 21. Yeah, uh, I think he I think he can he can he's good for it. I could see him finish the game with, you know, 30, 15, six, seven. Is, you're you're really banking on those assists there. Like he's got to have over five assists for that to hit, because uh, you you're just gonna assume the rebounds is gonna get there. He could possibly get to 15 rebounds, so he's got to have over five assists to get there. And he's really been their best ball handler so far this <clears throat> matchup because uh, Bridges is just shutting down Middleton as far as that goes. So I think Giannis is gonna have to get more assists if they have any chance of winning. Seems like you guys agree. Yeah, I think uh, I think Giannis uh, triple double triple double for Giannis in the win is is live. I think honestly, any of their their big th- quote unquote big three, um, you know, Giannis, Pandemic Drew, or Pandemic Chris, uh, all can drop a triple double at any given night, even though they don't normally do it. Um, but I think I think Giannis, I would put. A couple of dollars on him getting triple double tonight. I think that this is a crucial game for them coming up. And, and Drew needs to come back here to, today if he if the Bucks are going to have a shot. Drew, Chris too, but Drew, Drew, pandemic Drew, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, pandemic Drew. Please say his name correctly. <laughs> I, you know, I got a soft spot for Drew because he's a Bruin, but pandemic you know, Drew, pandemic Drew. Okay, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, if Drew's going to have, if Drew's going to have, um, if the Bucks are going to have a shot, Drew's going to have a pandemic. Drew's going to have a big game. And I, you know, I have a prop um, for Drew here uh, that you know I want to. Let's know. hear it. Yeah. Oh, you have a pandemic. Let's get into it. Yeah. Pandemic okay. Drew. Yeah. So um, what I want to do is take the Drew Holiday over seven and a half. Pandemic assist. Drew. Yeah. Pandemic yeah. Drew. Yeah. Pandemic Drew. Please. Over seven and a half record. assist. Uh, minus one forty. Uh, the angle behind this prop. Um, pandemic Drew is going to be at home. He has a better comfort level when he where he's averaged 10, 10 assists his last three games. At home, you know, he's he's hit on the over 7.5 assist line in seven of the last nine games. So I want to keep this simple. You're paying a little juice, but I hope to get that juice back, you know, when we cash. Pandemic Drew, over seven and a half assists. Just a quick side note, the last six games, the last six games the Bucks have played, five of them have been on the road. Two in Phoenix, three in Atlanta, 
and they've played that home since they haven't played at home since July 1st, you know, game five against the Hawks. That seems like ages ago. So they're coming back home. Drew's going to have a big night. Drew tried to have a big night in game two in Phoenix, but did, did not. Um, pandemic drew over seven and a half assists, minus 140. All right. I don't have anything uh, bad to say about that one. I can, I could see that other than pandemic drew is just, uh, feels dirty to put any money on him to go over, but, uh, that's yeah, coming I, from a Suns fan. I actually was going to be on pandemic drew. I'm going to switch up, uh, one of my props. Cause it's still another prop I really like, but that was very similar to what I was going to give out. I was going to give out pandemic drew over 13 and a half rebounds and assists. And it's just because of the fact of if the Bucks going to win this game, Pandemic Drew has to show up. Like, he has to show up, and I don't think he's capable of showing up scoring right now. I can't put my money on it. He he could. Like, he can go out there and have a 25-point game, but I can't put my money on it right now. But he's been very consistent with the assists, as John said, and the rebounds as well. Uh, 12 last game had, what is that, 16 game for that, 18, um, 19, 14 so like he's he's hitting those numbers pretty consistently now I know a couple of those is with Giannis out but you would think um Giannis affect his scoring but he's still hit this prop a few times even when Giannis has been in the game so uh uh I like his assist prop I like his rebounds and assist prop if you want to play that well but um I could switch over to, to another one I got another one I really like too uh, yeah. Um, let, let me just interject here before we get too far away from it. When we talked about the Giannis triple double, I'm seeing that on my book at 11 to one. Pretty good odds. He's only had one triple double the whole playoffs, and that was game four of the Miami series. So it's been a minute. Uh, he had he went 20, 12, and 15 in that game. Uh, in 36 minutes, and I think he's going to play somewhere up around 42, 44 minutes uh, in all likelihood this coming game. So triple-double, might want to throw a half a unit on that at 11-1 uh, to 1 odds. Yeah, I like it. I like it at 11-1. Um, even look to see what you can find for Giannis triple-double in a win. I don't think that he gets the triple-double when they don't win the game, so you might get a little bit of extra juice where it's 11-1 to 1 now. It might be 13-1 to 1 or might be 14-1, to 1, so... True, uh, true, but he had one of his best playoff games ever in the last game, and they still didn't win. So <laughs> watch out for that one. Don't get too greedy. Don't get too greedy. <laughs> Coming from the Suns fan, he was Suns before. Suns before. Suns before. All right. So uh, you're 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 shying away from pandemic Drew since uh, John yeah. took that. What do you got? Yeah. All right. So of course uh, we were talking about the Step Brothers. Let's talk about the Step Brothers up in. Uh, Milwaukee, we got Pandemic Drew. Let's talk about Pandemic Chris here. Pandemic Chris has, <laughs> uh, you know, shown shown very hot flashes in these playoffs. Uh, I can't trust his his points prop, even though he's good for a bucket. We know he's good for a bucket. And so where his points prop is 24 and a half, I like mm -hmm. it. I want to play it, but I'm not going to give it out today. I'm moving back over to the rebounds and assist line, and I'm getting a point less with him. I'm getting 12 and a half uh, over 12 and a half rebounds and assists for Chris Middleton. And he's been pretty consistent hitting this guys like uh, 14, the last game, 11 game before that 11, uh, 21, uh, 13, 18. Like he's, he's pretty active on the boards. Most of those are coming on the boards, but he's definitely, but he's getting the assist to eight, eight assists, four assists, seven assists, eight assists, five assists, seven assists, eight assists, four assists. And that's with Giannis in the lineup. So he's making plays and he's, uh, 
uh, distributing the ball around to his teammates, especially at home. I think at home, the role players for the Bucks really show up. I can't see any props for a lot of those role players right now. I probably would have gave out something for one of them, but um, I think the role players show up and that just opens the door and opportunity for more assists coming in. And you know, Chris Middleton is a ball hawk on the boards and he's going to go get rebounds. So I like Chris Middleton over 12 and a half assist i got it on my book for minus 110 i believe all right yeah no i mean that totally makes sense i i wouldn't bet his points either with michael bridges on him um but i assists and rebounds could totally see that um he has been good on that side of things not so good on the other so if he has a uh, cold night shooting he could still put up some stats that way um Let's go back to John. What do you got? Uh, is 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 PJ Tucker pandemic P or or is PJ Tucker? No, 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 no. Well, now PJ, a PJ, PJ playing his role. If if PJ was only scoring four points in a regular season, we can't we can't doubt him for scoring less than four in the playoffs. Like he, we knew this was gonna happen with him, so we can't even, we can't get on PJ. McKee, don't tell me you got a don't tell me you got Raleigh. a PJ prop. Hey, you got a PJ hey, prop Eddie's coming up. Raleigh. Shout out to the nine one nine. I got a PJ problem, but McKee, you still got a soft spot for PJ, you know, back in, you know, 2012 to 2016, his tenure there. PJ hey, Tucker. I, no hatred towards PJ. I, 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 I like that he, I like that he came back from, I think he was playing over in China. The Suns brought him back and uh, he has made a great career for himself. No hate, but no, I wouldn't say I have a, a soft spot for him. I've, uh, I've moved on from him. I got a soft spot for whoever wears their star's shoe before the star debuts their shoe. Got a soft spot for whoever. He wore Giannis' <laughs> shoe before Giannis even debuted it. Giannis didn't debut the shoe. P.J. Tucker did. Yeah. Well, you know, when he was – I have a, a, a real quick P.J. Tucker uh, interjection. My When he played for the Suns, my uh, brother was a valet at the Ritz-Carlton, and the Suns would hang out there a lot. And he said that he often parked P.J. Tucker's car, which was completely tricked out in Texas colors. It was like that ugly Texas orange. Burn, burn orange. UT. Burn orange yep. Yeah, yeah. He said it was the ugliest, most expensive car he's ever parked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well – on on that note, I'm I, I am taking a PJ Tucker prop, PJ Tucker over ten and a half points and rebound. So not the assist, just the points and rebound. This is minus one thirteen odds, depending on where you look. Uh, taking a look at his last five games, um, his over under on points um, has been set at the four point five range. So if he got you five, you were good. Now going back to the last two games against the Suns. And his last three games against the Hawks, uh, he's hit over that 4.5 point, you know, five straight games. The thing is, you know, now the market has adjusted it a little bit. You know, now it's uh, at 5.5 on points alone at plus 108. So it's it's plus odds for his points alone. Um, having said that, you know, he's he hasn't shot the ball consistently. He shot it well. He shot it good. And he shot it garbage. You know, he's he's you know, he's. He shot from the floor 20% one game, 42% one game, and then 60% one game. So there's a chance he doesn't give you that six points you need. So to kind of offset that, I want to bring his rebounds into the picture where he's averaged 6.75 rebounds in his last four games. So in short, you know, going with P.J. Tucker over 10.5 points and rebounds, minus 113 odds. I hope I hoped for him to get those corner threes at home today. 
he's been getting those, um, you know, against, against the Hawks in game six, the closeout game in game six, he, uh, he had some uh, momentum stopping rebounds that just, you know, um, got the bucks to win, you know, he, he, you know, so I, I, I'm on PJ Tucker here. I'm on PJ Tucker over 10 and a half points and rebounds minus one thirteen. Let's do it. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you got you got pandemic Drew and PJ Tucker over props. Uh, you're really going with the junkyard dogs today, but all right, John. I mean, hey, <laughs> you do you. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go ahead and throw one out. This is the one I've got. I I like Cam Johnson three pointers, which has hit for me the last two times, but I'm not seeing that on my book. For some reason, they took it down. But look up for that on your book if 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 you got it. But uh, I'm going with uh, Chris Paul over two and a half three pointers at plus one forty five. Love Ooh. those plus odds. And he's the last three games. He's uh hit. Uh, oh, I just lost it. He has hit seven, four, and three. Uh, so he's hit that the last three games. He's shooting a lot more three pointers. He had uh, he had zero three pointers going into the second half in the last game. Hit three in the second half alone. So like him there to hit that with plus odds. What are you thinking, Terrell? Yeah, I like it. Um, you would think that you know he can get there, especially because this is like this is the last run. Um. One of the things that a lot of these play, I don't think a lot of these players, especially on the Bucks, I think a couple more players, uh, Chris Paul majority on the Suns realize that this is probably their last chance. Like both of mm. these teams should have that sense of urgency. Maybe we see it from the Bucks tonight. Um, not tonight. Well, whenever the game is at home, whenever we see the uh, Bucks at home, maybe we see that urgency from them. But more than likely, believe it or not, these are these teams last chance. Uh, it is so hard to get to an NBA finals. There are great players in their careers who have gotten to maybe one or two finals couldn't win. There are a lot of great players that could not get to a finals. And um, so I think that Chris Paul is coming out this series as a whole on the road as well to show that, Hey, I'm here. I know this is probably going to be one of my last chances to ever get this done. I'm not going to disappoint. And so I like that angle of playing his threes, especially for plus 145. Like, that's great odds. So I love it. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, let's see. Let's see. So um, th we're going to talk about a guy. Uh, he's a real journeyman. You know, if you ever have a problem um, and no <laughs> one else can help, uh, if you can find him, you, maybe you can hire Jay Crowder because – were the you just doing an A-team reference? The <laughs> Don't say the reference out loud. <laughs> let okay. The people, let the people figure it out. <laughs> all right. All right. No, I was just excited that I got it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, no, no, but maybe you can hire Jay Crowder, man. This is an elite journeyman in the league, and he does the tough grunt work. He does what needs to be done. He's the type of guy that is going to go around and play tough defense and get hype off it. He's going to get hype off playing that tough defense and then uh, come back, walk down, and hit a three in your face. So I like Jay Crowder today, but I like him for over five and a half rebounds. He's hit this prop in five of the last seven games, including the two games in this series where he scored nine and ten rebounds. Um, 
and this is contingent um well it's not contingent on anything but i like the prop a lot more and i thought i was going to get a little bit uh more extra juice on it because you know Do- tory craig uh if he's out is he out did they say that he's he, not he looks anymore? like yeah he's game they said game to game but he's definitely going to be out this yeah game, so he's he's hobbled legs if he even plays uh sarge is out uh once you you know they're thinning that rotation down like that rotation is thinning down a lot of these guys played damn near 40 minutes the last game uh four minute uptake on basically everybody's minutes from game one so more opportunity for jay crowd to go out there and get on the boards uh he's normally matched up with pj tucker a little sometimes down there um mm-hmm. getting a, a little bit of a small guy uh not really anybody towering over him at that four position that he uh typically plays so i think he's gonna have a good opportunity to go get those boards and like i said the numbers show that he's out there and he's doing it so yeah man i'm rocking with the journeyman uh jay crowder over five and a half rebounds i got it at minus 140 in my book it might go up to six and a half but i like it at six and a half too if you can get but if you can get at five and a half definitely lock that in yeah that's one that i actually already grabbed at uh, minus 145 and uh that's one we talked about on the slack channel before game two i can't sorry i don't remember who had uh thrown it out there but somebody in the slack channel had asked me about that one i feel like Crowder, you know, he had 10 rebounds, I think, last game, right? You, you yep. said uh, he could have easily had more. Um, and he, total agreement, I think with Torrey Craig out, going to have even more, like that theory. Uh, John, do you have anything else? Uh, just just, uh, just an honorable mention. Um, I, I don't see the lines out yet, but um, my local book will probably list it closer to game time. Um, I want to look at some of the Chris Paul under two and a half turnover props. Um, just, just as kind of like a DJ uh-huh. play, um, it might be juiced a little bit. I think it was juiced to like 160, 170 minus, uh, last game. And, and I think Chris Paul had like six turnovers, but mm-hmm. for that, he, he had two turnovers, two turnovers, you know, zero turnovers. So, you know, I, I don't mind that game going, going on the road, coming off a you know, off a six turnover, you know, take the under on that. Hey, yeah. I would even, I would even juice that to. Uh, it, what is it normally under two and a half? I would use that to under one and a half, like, and get the you're probably getting plus 300 odds, plus 400 odds on that, or something like that. Because that's really, I would use that to that much. Like, this is Chris Paul doesn't turn the ball over, like, we know this. Chris Paul t- does turn the ball over, zero turnovers is not hard to ask for from him, uh, even on the road. Uh, he just got a little bit last today's school last night, but um, the last game, but I'm sure he'd be fine. So, are you, you worried could even that DJ that more? Are you worried that the reason he had more turnovers, six, which I think was the most that he had all season, was because Drew Holiday was so locked in on him? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we 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 trash on Drew. We call him Pandemic Drew, but he 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 was NBA first team All Defense, right, this season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I mean, I mean, there 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 is some um, you know worth and you know notice to that. So I guess. Yeah, I'm. I am worried, but is am I worried that Chris Paul is going to get you know six turnovers again? No, you know, I, I one one outweighs the other. I think Chris Paul is not going to get that six, not going to get that four. Will he get two or three? Yes, but you know, it's a D-Gen, D-Gen Ben. I'm willing to kind D-Gen of. Plan. All right, now I get it. Uh, Terrell, you got any honorable mentions? Anything else you want to throw out? Uh, honorable mentions. I could throw something. What's something juicy that I could say? Yeah, uh, throw a I think I shot for us. Yeah, let's see. Um, I mean, I've been just 
shitting on Chris Middleton like this entire week, like literally this entire week. And I really, really like his over 12 and a half um, rebounds and assist props. So, I mean, Chris Middleton for a triple double at 33 to one isn't outside of the realm of possibility. Like, and it would be just such the like, kicking the dick for me to call him <laughs> pandemic Chris on this show and he comes out the next game and drops a triple double like yeah suck it uh so yeah I mean that's not that's not outside the realm of possibility for me I think that he really can like he really of course, he can get the boards it's just is the assist going to be there and it's really at that point just kind of a little bit of luck of hey are these guys going to hit this shot um I expect uh I expect him to have a pretty good game, even though I can't bet his uh points prop just because of how he's been playing. I expect for him to have one of those 30 point games. Like he can definitely do that um at this stage, especially coming back home and these guys really uh trying to lock in and not make and make this a series. Like they gotta come back and win these two games and make this a series because going down to the Suns three down three one in game five, um is scary. Like that is scary. That's not a place you want to be. If pandemic Chris gets a triple double, you're calling him a uh, spicy Chris. The next five. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. If pandemic, if pandemic Chris uh, gets a triple double, oh man, I gotta bet this now. If pandemic Chris gets a triple double <laughs> next game, I will come back and call him spicy Chris. Spicy, spicy Chris. Chris. All right. Well, hey guys, thank you so much. Throw out your Twitter handles. Anything else you want to plug? We got to get out of here. Sure. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead, ahead John. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, uh, find me on uh, at NikeMVic7 on Twitter. and But really find me on the Slack channel, the Sports Gambling Slack channel. Uh, we have lots of, uh, you know, sports we talk about, not just the NBA, you know, tennis, UFC, um, Top Shot, you know, the whole deal. So come to the Slack channel uh, where we have some active members here, just just giving out, you know, you know winners every day yeah so. we've got a great got a great community especially the nba but uh all sp- across all sports and jong's very active on it if you're not already part of our slack channel go to sg.pn slack it is free and we welcome more users all the time Terrell, what do you got all right you know you can find me on all social media at really real underscore underscore uh come check us out over at the college experience doing a lot of big things over there breaking down a lot of good college football teams i just did a breakdown with liberty the other day got another breakdown coming out soon come check us out with that uh fantasy football heads writing a bunch of fantasy football content over um check us out in uh sports gambling podcast.com we got the draft day 24 hours underdog uh marathon ryan kramer sgpn SB, sgpn's own ryan kramer is doing a 24 hours of best ball drafts Go out there and try to win you a million dollars, man. You can win a million dollars. Actually, you can win $500 if you download the SGPN app and bet on Kramer's draft day props. I got the under 0.5 times Kramer falls asleep. He's real money, Kramer. He's not going to let Sean get on him. He's not going to let Sean load the gun for Sean to shoot him in the head with it because Sean is going to talk so much shit if Kramer falls asleep. Kramer will not fall asleep during this 24 hours. I don't care how much he hates his life. I have money on it. I would only be worried about the number of edibles he might eat. That might put him to sleep. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that's a good angle. That's a good angle. Didn't think about it. But you know what? I'm with my guy. I don't think my guy's going to let me down. We are here. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Talk to you next week. Basketball, give me, give me, give me.
basketball. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give the ball because I'm gonna.